It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Good evening, witches, warlocks, sorcerers, and adepts to the newest episode of Knights of the Nephilim podcast brought to you by my company, Celestial Oddities Radio. As always, I will be your tour guide on this mystic and mysterious journey that we call magic. My name is Freighter Crow, and I want to thank you for listening tonight. Whether listening live, streaming, or downloaded the episode after the fact, any which of the three is fine, but make sure you click the like, share, and follow button on whatever platform you're listening to us from, from iTunes to iHeartRadio, Spotify, Deezer, Spreaker, CastBox, Google Play, you name it, we are on it, so listen where you feel most comfortable. But the more that you click those buttons, the more that it moves us up the podcast community rankings. More people that discover the show allows you to keep in tune with all of the new episodes as they air and obviously allows you to jump through our past archives of all of our episodes because we have something for absolutely everyone out there that's into the occult. So make sure you go ahead and click those buttons and stay in tune with everything we offer. If you are new to the show, we bring you a show three times a month, Thursday nights, 8 to 9.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and that is across all platforms, as I mentioned. Our show is centered around occultism and practitional ceremonial magic, where we bring on to the show some of the biggest and baddest names in the occult. So we're bringing on authors, practitioners, ritual toolmakers, and everything in between. So something for absolutely everyone. Make sure you go ahead and uh, share it around. Very deep conversation, very deep topics. We don't specifically only have one path on this show, but I will mention to my listeners out there, as a forewarning, it is heavily driven towards the left-handed path and Satanism. So if that is something that offends you, you might want to go ahead and click you know, the next button, jump to a different show because this won't be for you. But if you are an open mind and you like to learn things that you might not know, this certainly would be the show to do it. So all are welcome, but know that we heavily lean to the left. So uh, I want to go ahead and give some shout-outs to 
you know, my past few guests that I've had on the show. If you have not checked out our last few episodes, you certainly need to. On the 10th of December, we had Wilmar Tall from the Netherlands on the show talking about his gnome manuscript and gnome magic. Very fascinating because a lot of guests, I am very in tune with what it is that they're speaking about, know about the practice and know about the different rituals and things that might be done, whether I'm a part of that type of path or not. This was one that was completely left filled for me. I got to be honest with you, I don't know a lot about gnome magic. So it was very exciting to get to hang out with Wilmar and talk about, you know, different history and manuscripts that he's come across from very, very long ago. So very, very cool. After that, we had on one of my favorite practitioners in the occult right now, John Vermillion, um, talking about his book, The Stargate of Christ, and also Asaya Kalexa. Um, just two great works, had a lot of you know really in-depth conversation and a really good and fun time with him. And then our last episode, which we did a special episode of, we um, brought on J.S. Garrett to just uh, love his work, love everything he does. He is also um, working very closely with Become a Living God as well as our guest that we have on tonight. So we will certainly have a lot to talk about tonight. And if you don't know who our guest is, tonight's guest is Orly Stewart. Now, before we jump into interviewing and talking with her, I feel that it's only right to uh, certainly give a shout out also to my sponsors, Goetic Impressions and Limitless Liberation, both amazing ritual tool companies. Their work is beautiful. It stands out amongst most. I have a uh, set of posts I recently did where for an entire week I promoted and posted the workings and links of seven individual toolmakers who I think are by far the seven best in the occult world right now on a public scale. And these two both certainly were a part of that. So I am honored that I can each and every week talk about them, share their message, and get people checking them out because they are amazing at what they do. And you can check them out at etsy.com backslash limitless liberation and www.goeticimpression.com. A little bit later in the show, we will take individual commercial breaks and talk a little bit more in depth about each of the two. So make sure you stick around for that. And other than that, like I said, welcome to the show and thank you so much for listening in tonight. So without further ado, I'm going to go ahead and talk a little bit about our guest tonight and let you know who it is she you know, is and what it is that she does. So ladies and gentlemen, we have Orly Stewart. She is an occult artist from Toronto, Canada, who now has made her home in New Orleans. She is a witch, priestess, exorcist, and ordained bishop. She is a member of the Society of Art, of Imagination, and her paintings have been exhibited across the world as all her works are portals to the spirit realm. Orly is also an author and has written and contributed to many iconic contemporary publications about demons and black magic. She is an editor and author for the publishing company Become a Living God, where she also works as a professional witch. Orly's art also manifests into video psychomagic, um, as she studied experimental video arts in university and creates video content about her magical experiments. The motivation behind what Orly does comes from a deep wish to help inspire the spiritual realms and all those who come into contact with her creative works to reveal the secrets of the void. You can find more of her work at motherofabominations.com and becomealivinggod.com dot com backslash Orly Stewart. You know, quite an impressive bio, quite an impressive woman, and a lot of very impressive work. And I'm very excited to get to hang out with her tonight and pick her brain. Ladies and gentlemen, Orly Stewart. How are you doing Good today? Good evening. 
Hey, I, I'm, I'm great. Thank you. Well, thank you you for coming. I'm doing great. Thank you for coming on the show tonight and hanging out with us, letting us hear a little bit about who you you are and the things that you do. I'm really excited to get into it. Absolutely. I always like to start out traditional with all my guests. I I like to be old school in that regard. And I think that all interviews should start with exactly who you are. I mean, obviously, we heard a little bit about your background and the things that you've accomplished. But I like to hear it from you yourself and tell us how you got started, what led you down this path, what led you into becoming who you are today, and just a little bit about your background, if you wouldn't mind. Cool. So I am a person that has had a lot of really weird paranormal experiences through my whole life, ever since I was a child. And I've always been seeking for answers and also trying to overcome my fear of like the things that are scary in the paranormal that we don't really understand. And that's what set me out on witchcraft and magic and and learning about it because I wanted to gain more control over my reality because of the experiences I was having. And I was having great success in that. And what was really interesting about all of this is um, it's it's always kind of surreal for me to uh, hear stuff about me because I really don't focus on that kind of stuff. I'm I'm literally just journaling my life and my experiences and putting it out there on the internet for people. The internet is a huge aspect of my magic. Um, I kind of like to see myself as an avatar of magic on the internet, where when I started putting my magical rituals online, it wasn't something that people were doing. A long time ago and um, it was really hard and I mean it's still hard um, and I get a lot of hate for what I do but that's okay but um, anyway I really just like to share the strange experiences I'm having with other people because when we all start experiencing non-ordinary reality and find out that other people are experiencing these same kind of things or experimenting with the various magical arts and gaining similar results or revelations from these spirits and interactions and so forth, we can put together a science that is more cohesive in regards to evolving our spiritual technologies and ourselves as a human race. And so that's really what everything is driven by in my work like the paintings that I do are visions that are things that I can't really explain in words and very often people will like want to know the explanation of my paintings um just to describe them for people who haven't they're they're figurative surrealist work so I have like weird naked ladies with like long flowing hair and like weird demons and strange surreal abstract uh various uh color backgrounds and it can be quite hellish at times but it's also quite ethereal and beautiful simultaneously and so these are basically like messages from things that cannot be explained in human words so the spirits told me from a very young age that I needed to make the paintings so basically like everything that I've been doing has just been all inspired by making these paintings of I would just sit in front of a canvas and just look at it and then just start painting and like see what wants to come through like without doing a ritual because this was way before I ever got into doing ceremonial magic like when I was in my childhood 
And so I just started working on the paintings and then eventually it became something where it turned into writing and making videos and doing all these other art forms beyond just painting. But um, I really feel like art is a very important thing when we get experiences from spirits. It's how we can share our gnosis with other people. And so um, a big aspect of like what I'm all about is encouraging that artistic aspect and in people being experimentative in their process. Well, I think you have to be. I think that being experimental, you know, in your works is is vital because if we all follow the exact same set of rules, exact same path, no one ever deviated from the original workings, then no one would ever have different results. We might all have individual unique results, but we wouldn't be pushing the bounds of what reality is and what can be had within it. So to to try different things, to be experimental, to express yourself the way you have is, is vital, is an important. And I think you mentioned it with, with art. I think art is very essential with magic as well because what is magic? It's really a form of art. I mean, it's not your traditional painting. It's not your music. It's not these different outlets that, you know, most people think of when they think of art, but ceremonial magic and ritual evocation and invocation is very much an art form. You're putting your soul, you're putting your creativeness into it. Um, and everyone's art is different. Everyone's altar's different. Everyone's setup and their way of saying the words might be different. So it all together produces different art forms that have amazing results. Yeah. Um. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Um, have you ever seen that movie called Children Shouldn't Play with Dead Things? I don't think I have, actually. It's well, a hell of a title. It's this movie. It's from the 70s, and it's about these people that are a film crew, and they have, like, a grimoire to raise the dead. And so they go out to this island to try to raise the dead, and they have, like, actors and stuff, and they're they're really trying to make a movie. And so anyway, there's one part where this guy is – the actor is trying to say the lines from the grimoire to make it happen. And then this one lady says, um, get out of the grave, Alan, let an artist show you how to call down Satan. And so, um, because she was like the art director for the movie. And that's, that's kind of like the vibe of it all. Very often people will get so caught up in the technical aspects of magic that they forget about the fact that it is an art. And so just like all art, it's going to take time. I agree because here's the thing is, is when you're starting out, I think so many people hold themselves back because of the fact that they feel that it needs to be perfect. They feel it needs to be what so-and-so told them or showed them or how it was in their book. They don't realize that mistakes are okay if you do them with passion, intent, and will. And if you make that mistake, it's okay as long as your intentions were in the proper place. But if you make that one mistake in a vowel of a word of, of something you're calling down or you read or recite a line in the wrong spot, yes, you don't want to do that. But if you do that instantly, you're like, oh. 
and then you automatically throw mm-hmm. off in your own mind your focus and intention, then yes, the whole the whole right is now ruined. But if you stay focused, you can do that. It is an art. It doesn't always have to be perfect. Not every brush stroke is going to be exactly what you maybe originally thought it was, but you can adapt that into still something beautiful. And I, anybody listening out there that is practicing, <clears throat> excuse me, you know, should know that, that if you make mistakes, it's okay, but make mistakes with passion. Yeah, exactly. And you can always just start something else. Exactly. And I mean, it can turn into, you never know when that little mistake is going to open up a doorway that wasn't even supposed to happen. But now you're like, wait a second, I realized I've done something different here. I've opened something different because I I am very traditional in the fact I've done a lot of traditional rites and ceremonies. But there's a lot of experimentation. There's a lot of times I just step into the circle and just try things. Sometimes it works. A lot of times it doesn't. But that is how you learn. That's how you create new systems. That's how you create new procedures. You know, whether it's just for yourself or it's whether it's something you want to teach others or write about, that is how you learn is not by doing everyone else's work, but by doing your own. Exactly. And that's a scary thing to do, but um, that's part of art. It is, especially when you're working with some very, very powerful forces. Sometimes, you know, people are afraid to take that step of, well, you know, what if I open something I don't mean to? But see, that's not something I worry about so much is is I feel that if I am working from a a solid place in my mind and heart and I mean, you know, my intentions and I come at it with respect that there isn't too many things that I feel should want to – cause me any type of backlash or harm now don't get me wrong there has been moments in life where i've made some mistakes during ceremonies and it's certainly caused some changes in life that um, weren't necessarily desirable but that is how you learn and honestly you know what i can't even say that that's a mistake because a lot of times how do you learn from these entities that we call forward is because they throw a roadblock in your life and it's not because you did something wrong in fact it's because you've done something right and that roadblock is the lesson itself that is what they are teaching you yeah exactly i was just discussing this on my youtube channel with my friend zarafina angelis who's another author for become a living god we were talking about how the spirits will put these ordeals just like what crowley writes about for us to overcome them because we we truly are forged by fire especially if you're working with black magic it will cause that shadow aspect of the self to come up and you have to figure out what to do with it and the art is a great place Oh, it certainly is. And I mean, you just made me think of another thing, and we've talked about it on past episodes, is what I call the side effect. And a lot of times people that don't understand the left-handed path, don't understand black magic or Satanism or working with demons, don't understand that it's not a repercussion of calling them. It's a side effect of them. And what I mean by that is they'll say, well, you know what? It's going to cause horrible things to happen in your life. Like we said, roadblocks. Well, one, that's a lesson you learn from it. But there's also things that do happen. And you'll notice some weird feelings or or emotions or things happening that is not them punishing you. That is just a side effect of their presence. Um, you know, one thing I, I have talked about in past episodes is I work heavily with Asmodee and I have for years and and when I first started working with him and it's kind of ironic obviously he's the daemon of lust and I felt lust to a level that I had never felt and it was it was spontaneous I mean the first time I had called him and I know that he showed up in my ritual chamber was the following day I just felt this unsatiable amount of just 
of just lust flowing through me and it kept going. I'm like, what the hell is happening? Um, and I'd never felt it to that point. Anything caused me to have an emotion instantly change like that. I eventually, you know, I put two and two together and about a week later I had called him back and asked if there's any way he could tone that down and, and sure enough he did and it went back to a normal level. But it was incredible to know that I don't think he did that to me as a punishment by any means. It was just we connected on such a deep level that I picked up some of the root side effects that he brings with him. And I think a lot of people have a misconception that they think that, oh, it's causing these things in my in my life or it's causing me to be angry. Well, yes, if it is a daemon of anger and if it has uh, you know a heavy trait of anger and hostility, as its roots, then it might make you feel that, but it's not because it wants you to go out there and have bad things happen to you. It is simply because you have picked up part of the trait that make up the composition of that specific deity. Yeah, that's really interesting to say because, so I was working with Asmodeus very heavily this summer um, as part of this crazy project that I did with Become a Living God called the Nine Demonic Gatekeepers where over the course of like three years, we summoned each of the nine demonic gatekeepers and we together wrote a book about each one of them. So during that time, I was taking on every single one of those demons, one after another, and I didn't know what I had gotten myself into. I, I started it not really caring about what would happen because I knew that like I was going to be able to get through it no matter what, but I knew it was going to cause my life to change completely. And Oh my goodness, did my life ever change? Like from the beginning of that situation, like I went from living a life where I was in a situation where I could not live the life that I wanted to live to having the life that I wanted and being completely in my own power through the course of doing this. And you'd think like working with demons would make bad things happen. And sure, it did cause me to experience things that I needed to go through in order to make those changes in my life. And those things are not easy, but that's the stuff that's typically holding people back. Yes, exactly. If you're not willing to walk through fire, you'll never find out what's on the other side of it. And, and a lot of people are too afraid to do so, and they feel that, uh, you're doing something taboo, and I'm sure a lot of cultures and a lot of, of dogmatic you know, religions that talk about our path will certainly tell you that that is a horrible way to go, and you never want to follow in these, these folks' foot, foot, you know, footsteps. But the fact is that if you go about it with pure intention and honor, um, you know, most of the gods that I call upon and I work with, were gods. They were just that. They weren't demons. They weren't demons. They had been demonized and bastardized by other cultures and religions for purposeful gain. And they are exactly that. They are gods. And when you call upon them, you can learn from them, both in what I call direct downloads, where automatically you start to know and, and have things happen to you that you just couldn't know, and it happens. There's the synchronicity aspect, where all of a sudden they lay stepping stones at your feet, and if you learn to notice them and walk that path, they will lead you down a specific route. And then there are the other two things that we just talked about. There are the roadblocks that they will just fucking hurl at you, um, but not in a way of disrespect. They want you to learn from them. And then lastly, the side effects um, that you will feel emotions and, and coursing through your veins to levels that you've never felt before, but all for the fact of betterment, 
growth and spiritual alchemy. And, um, I wouldn't have it any other way. I, it's a daily, weekly, monthly, yearly practice for me. And, and, you know, as Orly said, folks, if you haven't followed the Nine Demonic Gatekeepers book series through Become a Living God, it is a fascinating set of books. And they talk about working specifically with the Nine Demonic Gatekeepers. And if you're not familiar with who they are, um, you know, first and foremost, you have Belial, you have Amemon, you have... Azazel, you have um, Abaddon, Lucifuge, Raphael, Beelzebub, Baal, Asmodee, and Satan. Um, and they work closely with all nine of them and talk about their experiences and their work throughout these nine books. And um, I haven't read all of them, but I've read a few of them. They are amazing and all very powerful spirits to work with. I haven't worked with all nine, but I have worked with most of those nine over the years. And I've had... Uh, some very, very wild and strange experiences that, as Orly said, will help you grow beyond what you think by leaps and bounds. It'll, it'll just completely change your life. Yeah, it was such a cool experiment because with most of those spirits, there really was no extensive study done on working with them and putting together a grimoire. So... I got really deep into working with the books because I helped Timothy edit them. So I was, you know, in putting and styling the books together, really like reading things over and over again from all the different authors. And what was so astonishing is the people writing these books lived in different places across the globe. Most of them never talking to each other at all, just doing it independently and then submitting their work at the end for the book. And you find that people were having the same kind of insights and information from these different spirits simultaneously. And that in itself was such proof of a preternatural intelligence that we were breaking through and communicating to. And it's really amazing how the idea of the gatekeepers is, you know, we're opening these gates of the apocalypse in the literal sense of the word which is the revealing of what is hidden, and that's the spiritual world. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. ...that is hidden from 
everyone. Exactly. I mean, if you take a look so, at a stage, yeah. And, yeah, if you take a look at a stage and you look at the curtain, you know, you have no idea what's behind until that curtain's opened or drops. And there is an entire world behind there that most of the populace never sees because they're so fascinated with the amazing backdrop that's hanging down. And they're saying, look at that backdrop. What amazing things that backdrop is showing. And they live their life around that, never knowing that there's so much behind the curtain. You know, you know of Oz, but you don't know who Oz really is until you open the curtain. And then when you do, it, it opens just a a plethora of of things i mean there is levels to reality that most folks will never get to know and most folks are content with not knowing and that's that's the you know the herd mentality and the sheep mentality i talk about it a lot i mean most people were fine just going around their life being a dust in the wind and blowing this way and that being catapulted by the direction of the wind and and it'd be at its mercy. I'm not that person. And I obviously can tell you are not as well. We take control of the wind and we use it to blow where we want us to, you know, to go. We use it for our betterment, not as just a, a slave to its power. Yeah, exactly. That's the biggest aspect of it, which is when it comes to magic or working with these demons, which most of them are like gods from ancient cultures or forces that have been demonized. But just like you were saying, there's always a place for every single kind of force of energy. And that's what composes our reality. And there's a time and place for everything. And we have to keep that in balance. But with this magic, a big aspect of it is realizing that it actually was making us better people by allowing the spirits to transform us. And the people that were really struggling with it were having a hard time of doing that and just like getting trapped in the illusions of reality. And it's a very difficult thing to allow yourself to evolve and to really change in so many different ways. But I really feel like there is such a stigma about black magic where it's not about something that is evil it's about nature and that's that's what really it's about and it's about helping people understand that we have the power to change our reality and that's not an easy thing to do most people don't want to change their reality because it gives people a lot more responsibility over every single little thing in detail and I can tell you like especially with what I do there are so many times where things could be potentially very chaotic but a huge aspect of getting through it is balancing it so if you're wanting to live a life of peace you know to make sure that you're doing magic for that as well not just to gain things because I think that's a big thing people really should think about is um, what they're using this magic for if you're only using it to like get stuff in life like whatever that may be, even if it's like not material things, um, the spirits are still going to try to change you, even if it's not with black magic, like just with the spirits in general, because I, I don't only do black magic. I do all different kinds of magic. I incorporate all different kinds of systems and cultures into my work. But um, a big aspect of it is like allowing yourself to find that balance between what you're doing and to realize that 
we have more control over reality than we'd like to even let ourselves believe. And the more you start working on that, the more you'll see that it is true. So very often people will start doing this and don't have results like fast enough, but they, they need to just give it more time. Like I've been working on doing this since I was a teenager and that's why I have figured out some things. I certainly don't know everything. I'm still a student. I have teachers. I'm always going to be learning. And that's a big aspect of it too. Like to realize that there's always going to be more to learn, especially because if you're still alive, there's probably more for you to experience in this life and for you to understand and, and to overcome in that same vein. There is. And I mean, you nailed it with several different things is, is we are always students. I tell people that all the time. They'll say, well, you've, you've been doing this for so long and you, you have quite a wisdom in it. And I say, I, I don't know anything. Um, you know, I'm, I'm just a tadpole in the puddle waiting to become the frog. I mean, it don't matter how much I learn, I'll never be what I would call a master. Even if I am a master to others, I am not. Um, so you always have to keep looking at how can I learn more? How can I perfect it? That's one of the key principles is if the person out there telling you folks that they are a master are exactly the person who is not. Um, so, you know, if you see people out there saying that, chances are 99% of the time they're full of shit. They probably don't even do magic. Um, secondly is, is the patience factor is you have to be patient with things as you, as you do rituals, you must forget about it. You must not think about it, go about your life and these things will start to happen and, and come to fruition. But if you sit and focus on them, you're interrupting the path working that that spirit is trying to do for you because you're constantly focusing on it. You have to let it run its course. And that's a big mistake that a lot of people make is is focusing too much on it. Um, but, you know, it's it's just about stepping in and doing it and, and, and putting yourself out there. And like you said, there are a lot of people who struggle through some of these trials. But ultimately, at the end of the day, as long as they keep pushing, they are going to learn those lessons from it. I think a lot of people quit before they get the fruit of their labor. They they put in the work. Yeah. They get hit with that roadblock and they're like, well, shit, I messed up or this sucks. I'm not doing it. I'm done. And they don't realize if maybe they hung on one more month, then all of a sudden the gates of paradise open for them. Yeah. A big thing to ask yourself is what am I avoiding in my life that I need to take care of, even if it's like some stupid mundane thing? I agree. I mean, I th well, you said it already. I mean, people, and I've said this saying many times over the years, it's not my own, but it's certainly one I love to use is everyone wants to be king until they're handed the crown. And everybody wants things in life until they have the opportunity to get it. And then the fear kicks in. Oh my, I can have what I want. And you think that'd be a good thing. Most people be like, all right. And some of us are. But most people then feel the weight and the crushing force of the responsibility that comes with those things. Um, so it's easy to say, I want money. I want to be famous. I want to be, you know, set in life. I want to be powerful and wise and strong. Um, that's great, but nothing that you call upon, and I stand by this 100%, no daemon, no angel, no God, no spirit is going to just give it to you. 
you will have to put in the work yourself. If you want to be financially fit or financially set for life, then you will go out and put twice the amount of work in you did yesterday and four times the amount tomorrow. Um, you know, you're going to do that every single time because with that working and work, they see that you want it, that you hunger for it. And what do they do? They make it that much easier. They push you along. Um, it, it's like, you know, walking at the airport, you can walk next to the, the moving sidewalk, but if you step on the moving sidewalk, you're going to walk a little faster. Those people on the moving sidewalk are the ones putting in the work that are all of a sudden just catapulting ahead of you. And you're like, how the hell is he moving that fast? That's how, because when you put in the work, they see that and they push you along. It's like, you're just gliding. Um, but if you're not willing to put in the work, then you're never going to get there. You're going to just sit back and say, magic doesn't work, or this spell didn't work, or blah, blah, blah. Well, it didn't work because of you, not because of the spirit. The spirit is very aligned to do your work. It's you that fell short of it. And I think that is the biggest problem and biggest misconception of magic is everyone thinks it's like Harry Potter. I'm going to pull out a wand and bazaar. There you go. Something's going to happen. It doesn't work like that. It is very yeah. much working your ass off with the help of people that are good teachers um, that are going to help you get there. Yeah, you have to build your own power and relationship with the spirits that you're going to be working with or whatever format it is that your magic is working through. It's definitely something that you have to put in time, not even in that regard only, but in the work of being able to change your reality into a non-ordinary reality. So I know that anyone who does magic on a daily basis for an extended period of time will have results in some kind of way. There's, there's no way that it won't happen. And that's the thing that holds people back is like feeling like they don't have time. But if you really want to unlock the secrets of this power, you can find time. It really doesn't take that long to say something that takes like 10 minutes or whatever. So, I mean, even in my daily practice right now, myself and my girlfriend are doing ritual stuff four times a day. And then we also have things at various times during the week that we do. And then like additional path workings and like special things like on top of that through. But like I have a daily practice. And even when I started doing magic, when I was 18, I started very heavily through Thelema. So I was learning the thing called Liberesh, where you do an adoration to the sun at the different quarters of the day. And so through that, it aligns you with those forces of the current and it allows your astral self to adapt and connect to them. And so th through doing that, that was a huge aspect of it. And I've been doing stuff like that for most of my life. And that's how I'm able to work with spirits in the way that I do. So I definitely encourage people like to not give up because it does take a long time. And like, I know because I am young, it might seem like frustrating to people, but I've been through a lot and I've been through a lot of like what I would call spiritual trauma. And this is the kind of thing that can happen to a lot of people where like suddenly you'll have some really intense paranormal experiment, uh, experiences and then like it will trigger your ability to sense things differently and to have more control over your own magic, especially if you're if it's something that's like 
caused through you doing magic and making this happen, which is typically how this happens. Like if someone starts doing really intense magic and they don't really like know what they were doing, which is like what I had found myself in because I was just like doing whatever. Um, I had, I had teachers, but um, I was really interested in just seeing like what could possibly happen. Um, And so, yeah, stuff gets pretty extreme, but the way that we manage having a good, normal, successful, happy, loving, peaceful, and cheerful life is filling our daily energy with that kind of work. So like in that same idea of like having the crown that controls your reality, you still need to be putting in the work to have that power to be deserving of it. Otherwise it will be taken from you. And once you start doing magic, it will make you way more sensitive to other things like um, trickster spirits or like parasitic spirits because you're doing lots of magic. So you have to really start like maintaining that spiritual hygiene and also personal upkeep on what you're doing as well, I think. It does. I mean, and, and, and you know, several good points that I like that I want to recap back on is, um, you know, first and foremost, if you tell me that you want to follow this path, but yet you have no time to do it, I hope that you never find the time to do it because you were too weak to walk this path. And I have no problem saying that to folks is I get up at 5 a.m. every single morning and work out and do a full, thorough you know, procedure that I have kind of crafted over the years that lead into ritual work every single morning. It is an elaborate, detailed, disciplined, you know, set of workings. And then every night before bed, I continue to jump back into my ritual chamber and do about a half an hour. So you're looking at roughly two and a half hours every day. Now I have a family, a wife and kids, a full-time job and many other things going on. So I always look at people that say, I don't have time to do it that's that's yeah crazy. i have like five jobs <laughs> exactly and you're still making it happen I stop between things and do it yeah i will stop when i take a break and my break is doing magic <laughs> and, and that's so, it yeah. i mean it, it's like that that's the same with reading i have people say oh, i love books i just can't find time to read it if i have 10 minutes between something going on and i'm not doing something in the ritual chamber i'll pick up a book read two pages sit it down yeah is it fun to read two pages at a time no but you crank through books i've read roughly 50 books uh in the year of 2020 now we just started over again I'm going to see how many I can crank out this year but I I find those times and it's the same thing with magic as you might only have 10 minutes here 15 minutes there but guess what a lot of workings and a lot of entombment um, can happen in those 10 or 15 minutes if you have the desire the intent and the willpower to focus your work during that vital time Um, but you know what? A lot of people sleep in eight hours a day. They sleep nine hours a day and they're like, I have no time. You know what? You train your body into what you want it to become. You can function very well off of six hours of sleep if you train your body to do so. (laughs) So I have a fun story. So, um, back when I was in my early twenties, I was not living full time as an artist and I was working at like, um, a charity call center where I would call people on the phone. And so anyway, um, I had a job that I would go to and it was far and I have to, you know, go to work and do everything. But I started doing this really intense Enochian magic ritual 
um, every single day for like three months. And the ritual was long. It was like, it could be anywhere from two to four hours. And it had to be done at like a very particular time that would always end up being very late at night, like at 3am or something or, or later. And so I found that even though I was barely getting any sleep at all, I was still doing well at work. <laughs> it was crazy. Like it, like the spirits let me do that and still succeed at everything else I was doing in my life because I made the commitment to do that gigantic working. It, it literally made everything in my life fall into place. So it was easy for that to happen, even though it was hard to do, of course, to like push myself to do that all the time. But um, it happened and I was doing great at work the whole time. So it didn't affect my sales or anything that I was doing or my tiredness or my overall energy at all. When it goes back to what we were saying earlier is that if you make the commitment and you call upon these forces and you say, I am willing to give you my honor, my respect, um, and my time, my workings and passion to, to call upon you every day or once a week or whatever the ritual might call for, in return, can you help carry me? They become the wind that guide you. Just as I said earlier, you know, you no longer subject to the wind, you ride the wind and, and they will carry you through your day and you feel awake, you feel alive, you feel good. Yes, at first you'll be tired, but your body will overcome that in itself. But then you have spiritual you know, guiders that are going to help you along with that. And you mentioned something earlier with the Lama, and, and obviously I don't know which sect of it you were in, if you were in Ordo Templi Orientis or you were in EIA, but um, that is a strong work. I was in both of those things. Okay, you were in yeah. both. So, I mean, I think that, and this goes yeah. to a topic I would love to talk about tonight because I see a lot of um, funny posts out there, and this might offend some people, and I love doing that, so that's all right. Um, you know, I, I feel okay. that working, you know, obviously, you know, Crawley took, you know, original um, workings of the Golden Dawn and turned them into the AA and into, you know, the OTO, and that it's a very strong set of workings. I myself was a Golden Dawn member, and, and I feel that that is vital because you can just pick up and never study anybody's system and still become a powerful sorcerer, but they have a potency in the fact earlier, like I said, art. When you do, and I speak only for myself, but when you do a Golden Dawn full Enochian ritual, when you do um, different workings with the different planetary alignments, it is like a ballet of magic happening in your ritual chamber. The movements, the vibration of the words, the timings, everything. Like if someone were to watch it from a fly's perspective on the wall, it is a beautiful, powerful, ritualistic dance. And a lot of people miss yeah. out on that. And a lot of people want to fucking badmouth any type of Enochian work or working with angels. In fact, I seen someone that follows me on my page earlier saying any true left-handed path practitioner, any true Satanist would never work with angels. Well, I'm sorry, buddy, but you're fucking stupid. And if you're listening right now, yes. that's, I'm fine <laughs> with saying that because here's the thing. I've worked with demons for many, many years, and I also work with angels quite frequently. And I know a lot of practitioners that will say that's bullshit then and you're not a true left-handed path practitioner. Well, like, if that's the case, Lucifer so be it. Fallen, and Lucifer, but Lucifer is a fallen angel. 
Exactly. Most most one. of the best but ones I mean, are. Like, I, could, I could go on about that for a while. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> That's all, it's we- that, I agree. It's weird to me. I mean, yes, they are different sides. Yes, but it's, it's funny because they'll talk about being Satanist and ditching the, you know, Judeo christian you know kool-aid and they, they say oh we don't follow anything abrahamic and 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 any of the the christian gospels any of that but then they go back to the same working that if you work with angels you're a part of god well i don't know about everybody else's standpoint but just because they're angels doesn't necessarily mean that they are yahweh angels they are forces that have been here since the dawning of time just as lucifer azazel shemyaza all of them were angels in fact the last two i mentioned were the watchers that became devils um you know they were angels not all of them were but a lot of them were and they were all powerful to work with and if you show respect Mikael will come down and work with you even if you are a Satanist or a Luciferian or a black magic practitioner. They won't hold it against you. They don't show up and say you've you know, abandon our God and we don't work with you. No, they will make amazing, powerful things happen. So all these black practitioners out there that are sitting there talking so much shit on angels and no one really would work with angels, that just proves to me that you never have. Yeah, and there's two points I want to make. One is sort of like a reversal but interesting perspective, which is that like if you look at where Azazel initiates in the Bible, the idea is that an offering was given um, to Yahweh at the temple by the Israelites, and then the other goat was sent off into the wilderness to be eaten by Azazel. And so that's where Azazel is like written about. And so here we have those people working with Azazel, who is like a demon, okay? But then they also work with the angels. And then also it, the, the main point about all of that is that it's kind of unfortunate because I think a big aspect of why that has happened is um, people are getting into practices without learning a lot about where they initiate from. So like, for example, if you look at Latin America and traditional witchcraft, people are working with like angels and Satan and demons all together. And it's totally normal in those practices. Oh, absolutely. It is, it's only yeah. certain things that change the perspective. A lot of people look at it as no different. I work with these entities. That's an everyday thing. But certain cultures are like, oh, no, demify those people for doing that. No, it's just not your culture. It's like the, uh, the biggest problem in all of that to me is that there becomes such a disdain of the angel and God force that that becomes like the new Satan to those who are Satanists. Like exactly. it's, it's sort of funny when you think of it in that way where it's, it's like literally just flipping it around, but that's not the idea behind understanding what these forces are. They're so much greater than this system of lies that has presented them to us in this way. Like you can work with all these forces. You don't have to work with them in that traditional context. But by experiencing them for yourself, you'll see it's not something that you should be pulling away from because very often those spirits are really going to help you. Oh, they will. And and like you said, if you remove the religious aspect, if you re- remove the dogma from it and just look at them as they are powerful 
pillars of, of wisdom and knowledge to call upon for help and you don't put any type of biblical reference to them and I mean don't get me wrong I, I love theology and I, I go back into the different stories of where things originated from and the different aspects of them but at the end of the day cut all the bullshit go back to the fact that angels demons gods whatever you want to call them they have been here forever and you can call upon them and work them no matter what system you are. And like I said, people will automatically, as you said, you know, almost, you know, bastardize the angels. So it's, it's you know, you know, Christians and, and Islamic, um, you know, religions will say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Hello, it is Ryan and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Say demons, you know, you can't go to demons. And then you got the left handed path that are saying, oh, angels, oh, blah, blah. But it's weird to me because if you walk that middle line, and I don't say being a middle handed path practitioner, that's a weird term that I see people using now. Um, if you just cut all that bullshit out, I am a left-handed path practitioner and I have been for 17 years. But during those 17 years, I have called upon angels, demons, and spirits of the dead. And I have worked with all of them and none of them have ever minded that I was a Satanist. Um, and I've worked with them and had tremendous results. And what people don't realize is honestly, and one of my guests recently, it might've been J.S. Garrett, but I can't remember which of my guests, I think it was him. Um, we had talked about if you want to smash an enemy, if you want to destroy someone that's a wrongdoer in life, call upon an angel rather than a daemon. If they are truly someone, not just that you have a problem with and you want to put a hex or a curse on them, I'm talking someone like a, a child pedophile um, or, or a, a rapist or something along those lines, and you want to get justice for, for anyone that they have done wrong, don't call upon a daemon. Call upon an angel because they love it. And they will come with the quickness. And that's what people don't understand is they, they say, oh, you don't want to work with those forces. You work with the forces for what results you need. If I need this done, you go to the person you know is a specialist in no matter what side they walk. Same thing for daemons. If you want knowledge, you want wisdom, you want personal gain in certain areas, yeah, you want to go to daemons. But if you want to bring the fury on a lot of your enemies, I've done that a lot with angels. And I'll tell you what, they will absolutely come and deliver. And um, honestly, I've had some results against enemies that I've had to deal with over the years. And I've used angels that have had better results than Damon. So, folks, if you're listening out there, don't be so one-sided. Think about the overall bigger picture and the fact that these things are all here to work with you and they don't care about the lines that were created by man because religion is simply stories created by humans. Yeah, I like to just kind of think that they're all aliens and that sort of <laughs> consolidates it all together and that, you know, over time, clearly 
these systematic dogmas have been put in place to enslave humanity from our true power that we have over it that we can access with magic and learning about the elements and the planets and all those wonderful things. And all these systems have been put in place to make us afraid. And we don't want to be afraid of anything, not an angel or a demon. You shouldn't be. I mean, like I said, I've, I've never, I've, I've had some strange occurrences. I've had things that are roadblocks, but I've never had one show up and say, you do not believe in what the stories told you I am. So you calling upon me has angered me. No, it's never happened that way. And it's weird to me. A lot of people just believe what they've been taught, but that's a part of the social programming. Um, and, and me and JS were talking about this and they're offering a very strong ritual coming up and going to be offering it in general, which is the reverse baptism. Um, and that's a strong thing, and I've went through that, and I've, I do it from time to time. I, even though I've done the actual procedure years ago, I still do what I, I didn't call it a reverse baptism, but, um, you know, I, where you let go of the roots of religion because as a young child, you are programmed from a certain age, a lot of people are at least, into one way of believing, and it's hard to ever unbelieve. Once you've been taught something, it's hard to deprogram that. You can start going a different path, but you still always have those voices in the back of your mind. Um, so you have to learn to unprogram that. I think too many people still have that program running in their heads, and they just need to kind of reboot, start over, defrag their uh, their mainframe, and then kind of start fresh. But um, you know, I think all all forces certainly are there for us to to pick on, um, not not pick on, but you know, to call upon. Um, and you can get some amazing results. Now, before we go further, folks, I do want to read a couple, you know, comments that we have coming in here, and then I want to go ahead and give a shout out to my first sponsor of the evening. So we have uh, a comment here that says, "Awesome, much love and respect to you both, Orly and Freighter." Well, much love to you, and thank you for tuning in. We got a couple other ones saying, "Thank you, uh, awesome show. Thank you so much. Great content." I have another one coming in here. I'm finally listening live. I normally listen to the shows recorded. Well, thank you so much for listening live tonight, Jeff. We appreciate that. Um, we have another comment here that says, "I function off of four hours of sleep a night for the last ten years. I've got too much to do in this life." Well, that's it, brother. I mean, if you want to get mm -hmm. shit done, you can't waste your time. And, and I think that goes with indulging. I am a firm believer. I wasn't for most of my life, but in the last few years, I am a firm believer in cutting out indulgences. Because when you indulge, you let yourself go and you become weak. So sleeping, if you want to sleep in 10 hours a day every day, that's indulging. So if you cut it to what you know your body can function off of properly and consistently, then you take that extra time that you're now not sleeping and you put that to ritual or put that to construction of something in your life. And that goes with anything. I don't drink anymore. I don't um, sleep in anymore. I don't do any of that. I try to limit social media as well because these extra 10, 15, half an hour, hour, all of them give you your life back. And with those things is how you build an empire. Yeah, exactly. I can completely relate to that as well. Like, I, that's exactly what how I live my life in, entirely. Like everything you just said, that's exactly how I live. And that's how I'm able to get all this stuff done. Um, and sometimes I'm kind of amazed at how much I got done. But then like you think back to like how you used to live your life. And it's like, okay, I spent I wasted all that time. And very much that can be wasted in so many different ways. Um, in, or in situations that just ultimately aren't good for you. And when you work with these demons, for example, 
they will make you face those things and figure out what they are. Like they might even make it go to an extreme in some situation, depending on what that spirit is. Right. Um, and so I think that's pretty interesting. Well, absolutely. And it's funny because, I mean, don't get me wrong, there's people on the path that certainly those powers have affected them and caused them to go deeper into their own addictions and deeper into their own problems. But for a lot of us who truly follow the path, it has done the opposite. So you would think working with demons would cause your life to fall apart. No, working with them has caused me to stop sleeping in, like I said, stop wasting my time, stop partying, stop drinking, stop worrying about other human beings and their bullshit, and only focus on my family and myself to cause a greater relationship with those that I love and truly mean everything and to find who I truly was within myself to stop being the puppet that I had created and and strung along for years and find out who the actual puppeteer was and once that happened everything in life changed and life became golden and that's just by working with sources that'll help you uncover and face your shadow and then when you hear people talking about shadow work folks that's it they will make you face the ugly despicable aspects of yourself not so you can destroy them that's the false concept right there not so you can destroy them but so that you can learn that that is also you you can learn to accept that person and then you can learn to control that person never want to kill it that is who you know that makes up the composition of who you are everybody says that i faced my shadow and killed it well that's fucking stupid because that's not what you're supposed to do you're supposed to face it learn that it is part of you absorb that and master that. And then that's when you become who you were always meant to be. Yeah, exactly. It's not something that we are supposed to be at war with because those are the things that are the triggers for our growth. So very often it will require for someone's life to almost fall apart. Like in my life, there were plenty of situations since I started doing really intense magic where my life could have fallen apart or a life that I had that sucked fell apart. And that was good. (laughs) That was good that that happened. And that happened many times and it required that. And I was at various points in my life where I, if I would have just like given up or had been lazy and just like not tried to make my life better and to follow the dreams that I feel so heavily compelled to do, which is to keep making art for people, um, my life would have fallen apart, but I just can't stop. And so that's what's always given me the opportunity to like every time, like a Hydra where my head would get cut off, I would grow like six more. And it would just every time like make me more powerful and understand more aspects of myself. Like, okay, I should not drink alcohol. And then I just stopped drinking alcohol. I don't even remember the last time that I've drank. It's been a very long time. And so like just things like that where it can really hurt people, um, especially if you're working with spirits, because you really want to be in control over your mind and over your life and have like a structure that you give to yourself. Like a huge aspect of magic is discipline. And that's something that they teach so heavily, like in the Golden Dawn and in Thelema where you have to put that discipline in place. It's not going to be as simple as just like having a sigil and just saying something and like putting your blood on it and then your magic is done. Like it's something that requires so much more. Like that'll definitely make something happen, but I don't know 
what that's going to be. And that's it. I mean, I think that you can go into a ritual and, and, and perform, as you said, just draw a sigil, drip a couple of drops of blood on it, recite a couple of words, light a couple of candles, and you'll have some type of reaction if you truly are focused on it. But I look at that like if you are trying to cause something to happen, do you shoot it with a BB gun or do you throw a hand grenade at it? And if I'm trying to eliminate something or I'm trying to really make an impact, I'm not using a BB gun. Um, you know, that's fine and dandy for those that want to, but it needs preparation. It needs time. And it needs can. discipline. And, oh, yeah. And, like, people people that are great at magic can go and do that. Like, I'm not saying that just, you know, just before people come for me. <laughs> um, I'm not saying that people can't do that. I'm saying, like, people that are brand new into learning about Correct. magic and, like, controlling their reality – it, because they'll do that and then they'll get frustrated that like it didn't work or think that it didn't work or like second guess themselves because they're not used to doing magic and it like taking time. Because even just like if you're going to just do that, you still have to have that discipline of being patient and just letting it happen. So like even if you're not doing some kind of like spiritual you know, regiment on yourself, like to train you in various ways, like doing yoga and all different kinds of magical things through your days. Even if you're, if you're just doing that kind of stuff, like, you know, drawing out a sigil, putting some blood on it and saying a chant, like still you need to have that discipline of mind to let the spirits do their work and to trust in them. And you said it. I'm glad you did take a back step there because, yes, folks, I mean, if you reach a certain level of, of mastery, you know, and once again, no one's ever a master, but I'm saying if you reach a certain level of mastery, you can do those things without having to go all out. But it takes a long time of going all out to reach that level. And I think too many people just want to jump in like, right I'll off the bat that. without the I'll, discipline. Yeah, like, I mean, I will do that, but I've been doing magic for like more than half of my life. So I already have a connection to those spirits and I know a big part of it too is like being careful of what spirits you're actually contacting and that you're not like contacting something else by accident that's just gonna like feed off of you and it'll give you like little trinkets like as a reward to just keep feeding it but it's ultimately not actually helping you in the greater scheme of things and your life will just like fall apart and so when you do stuff like put together a very carefully crafted ceremony at the right lunation or, you know, planetary hour or day, whatever, or, you know, following some other kind of system that has been tried and true by other people to improve to work. Um, you should be really careful about what you're actually contacting. And that's something that having more of a formula can really help you to master. It will. And like I said, your discipline, the discipline is the is the most important part because you can go in and just do that. But discipline makes everything. I mean, yeah, you might be a good fighter, but someone who studied karate all their life is going to kick your ass. Why? Because they're disciplined. Um, and, and that's the difference. And when you go in, they don't need to train every single day. They might be able to not train for months at a time and still pick up where they left off with karate and still kick ass because they become a master of that side of things. And, and that's what it is, is. It's just knowing how to do it. But it, it's also one of the points I wanted to make is going all out when you first start gives you the biggest rewards because it gives you the best connections and those connections as Orly said over time you won't have to work as hard but if you from the very start only get that mediocre connection then even as you get better you're really not going to adapt it as much as you could have if you can make an impact from the start 
don't you know it's all about your first impressions as they said it the old saying goes i mean the very first time you call upon that spirit if you do it with conviction and power and discipline when it shows up it has respect for you and that is a big thing whereas if you call it and look like an imbecile you know calling it and, and lucky enough that it does show up but you look like the fool that knows nothing, then it's not really going to want to work with you to a level that it could have because it doesn't respect you. And it does go both ways. They will respect you if you show them that you put the time and work in. But that is it. I mean, it's, it's is, as we said with the systems earlier with Golden Dawn and Thelema, they teach you that respect. They teach you that discipline. They teach you that it is a full working. And depending upon what you're doing, it can be simple. But what I think is a lot of people don't want to go that extra step. If you're doing a very large rite, Technically, you should be planning that days in advance. You should be fasting. You should be doing the true proper methods. I mean, that's one thing that often is left out of all ritual magic these days is fasting. You should slow down your intake of food and when you eat food, how you eat food, your amount of sleep that you get. There should be no sexual activity for days beforehand, if not weeks beforehand, if you were doing a very large ceremony. And you should be exercising any energetic fields out of your home and ritually consecrating the entire area and every single one of your tools. Now, a lot of people are like, fuck that. That's a lot of work. Yes, it is. And when it you needs, or bad stuff might happen to you if you don't do <laughs> if you're doing other very intense stuff. Exactly. You have to. If you have a party at your house, you need to clean it up after. Yes. Those energies will stick just like calling on multiple daemons back to back to back. If you've never cleaned your chamber and ritually consecrated it and, and, and ritually cleansed it and you've called 30, 40 different spirits back to back, that is great. But you never have fully gotten rid of it. There's always, and I love this term and I've been coining it and using it for a long time, metaphysical condensation. It leaves it upon the walls and it sticks to it. And now whenever you call Belial after working with Shemyaza, that's great. You might have you know two amazing outcomes but you have now got a little piece of both intertwined and you don't want that i would rather completely cleanse out my temple and then call on the next one so when they show up it is fully them there is no no error there is no blending and as orly said there's no parasitic entities sneaking in um trying to draw upon you like vampiric astral you know parasites because they are out there and they will do that um so you have to be dedicated in your craft but i mean sometimes it takes days or weeks ahead of time for certain rituals and i mean it, i i put and we were talking about it recently i put more time into the preparation of a of a pre-game ritual than most people put into their rituals um you know i spent hours cleaning my tools cleaning my chamber taking ritual baths and i know a lot of practitioners say that's not needed and that's fine if you find without it but i can tell you i've done with and without it and i can tell you the difference and results if you go the nine yards and do it and it's it's powerful there is an extra step you can reach good or you can reach great it just depends on what you're looking for now let me go ahead yeah here. Me... I... oh go ahead mm-hmm. oh yeah I, I especially just as one final thing especially like if you're if you haven't been doing magic for more than six years and this just seems to be the time frame for people and then like stuff starts to get like weird just start doing that stuff yeah if it gets weird yeah. <laughs> Dig in. Yeah, that's what that's the threshold, really. Like, kind of like six years is really that's what it seems because they'll either like jump ship or you know go crazy or push their way through. Yeah, it does go one way. People will either be like, you know what, screw this, I'm done, I'm not getting anywhere. 
they complete or you know the second option is they completely snap and go insane um, or they break through the threshold and they become something beyond what they were and those are the three outcomes folks so you're either going to quit you're going to become a complete fucking basket case or you are going to become someone as powerful as you wanted or you know an endless road of power that you can obtain um, so we're going to talk a little bit about that power here I'm going to take my first uh, break here in fact I'll actually do both at the same time we are going to go in first and talk about our uh you know, sponsor Goetic Impressions. And Goetic Impressions formed as a partnership between Ben, who is Freighter Adamasto, and Sor Alara, with the intention to bring ritual accurate magical tools to the public for affordable prices. One of the largest barriers to entry for new practitioners looking to experiment with the magic of the Western grimoires is how expensive and difficult to find real ritual tools are. The f- they first launched with their Kickstarter to bring their Goetic medallions to life, and since then have also expanded with an Enochian tool set, and most recently a Satanic medallion and altar set, which is currently live on Kickstarter. With over 20 years of magical and occult experience across a range of traditions, Goetic Impressions is the place to find affordable, high-quality ritual items. You can check them out at www.goeticimpressions.com. And I do have a promo code for 10% off of your overall order, but as I always do, I like messing with my fans. If you want it, just like in Magic, you got to work for it. So go like the Knights of the Nephilim page, go like Orly Stewart's page, excuse me, and go and message me on that page, and I will send you that code. Nothing comes for free in life, folks. Put in the work, you reek the reward. And then our second offer or second sponsor is another absolutely amazing company, Limitless Liberation. And I'm going to tell you about it from the perspective of Elena, who is their owner. Limitless Liberation was inspired by both Lucifer and Belial. Lucifer has been with me most of my life as far back as I can remember. Belial and I started to work when I was going through a very difficult part of my life. He completely turned mine and my family's life around for the better, in a very short period of time. In return, he asked me to create what he called Charger for him. He showed me the design, so I created the first Charger for Belial, and Lucifer wanted one next. From there, I had spirits lining up for requests for magical items. Some are control freaks, others will just inspire. They all are so individually different, but every single item created has power within it. Each item operates on many levels. They operate as an anchor for the spirit you're working with, thus aiding easier connection between the two of you. They also come with an inherent energy to them, but they um, excuse me, but they become stronger as you feed them and pull from them during ritual as well as strengthen your own workings. Limitless liberation continues to grow to honor the spirits we love to work and build relationships with. And you can check her work out on etsy.com backslash shop backslash limitless liberation. And again, that's at Etsy at backslash shop backslash limitless liberation. Both of these teams make absolutely phenomenal work. I stand behind both of them with everything that I have. I have many pieces from Goetic Impressions that I've used over the years um, from different sides of their satanic work um, and medallions. And I have one of their satanic altar cloths for Leviathan next to me. Um, to their goetic mats um, and many things in between. Love their work. High quality, great prices, great energy. 
And then limitless liberation makes what I just think is is a steroid for your ritual work. Her, what I call pyramids of power or what she calls charger, is a great way to focus your mind during ritual work and during ceremony to focus that focal point dead center in the middle of your altar of the specific daemon or entity you are working with. She custom tailor makes them to your request however and whatever you want. And let me tell you, it brings your work to life and causes massive results. And uh, I can't say enough about both of these these teams. So check them out, show them love, like their pages, buy an item for yourself or for a loved one, and support underground magic practitioners and ritual tool makers. Well, guys, we've been hanging out with Orly Stewart for the last you know hour and ten minutes. We got about twenty minutes left, and we've talked about a lot of different things in just discussion. But I wanted to ask you, Orly, you know, you said that you really got, you know, you've kind of been involved with the the magic side of most of your life, but you really started taking the the you know practitioner work and and ceremonial work kind of heavier around the age of eighteen and beyond. Now. The question I want to ask, what was the first time, if you don't mind sharing, I mean, if, if it's something you don't want to share, I know sometimes practitioners are, are you know, very, I don't want to use the word sensitive, but sensitive on sharing some of these items, which I understand. I don't share a lot of, of things as well. But if you don't mind, what would be the first moment that you were like, holy shit, where it just absolutely peeled your wig back and you, you couldn't really ever see reality the same again? Yeah, so... When I was a teenager, I would watch all the weird documentaries I could find on the internet. And so I was watching a lot of stuff about like... Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Like aliens and reality and weird metaphysical stuff and spirituality. And I remember watching some documentary video that said that everything in the universe is connected to everything else. And then I had this crazy, painful experience that almost felt like I was having a seizure or something and I fell over right when I had that thought in my mind. And it was so bizarre. I was totally fine. And it was just for a moment. But it was like a jolt of energy hit my body like in response to that. And that was super weird. And then I started having a lot more paranormal experiences after that happened. And, um, yeah, I would say that was the first time, but that was like, without me having done any kind of actual ritual magic, um, I would say the first time that I was really surprised 
was when I was actually working with other people and people were experiencing the same things as me. So um, in my first poetic evocations where I was actually like having experiences with a spirit and then other people were also having those same kind of experiences, um, that was pretty interesting. And um, yeah, I'm not sure exactly if I had anything greater than that one experience where it just sort of clicked everything else just sort of made sense and didn't really surprise me anymore because I had already been experiencing such strange phenomenon like seeing extraterrestrials or shadow people ghosts and things like that um but yeah I would say that moment was it for me well, that's that's uh, it's interesting because I I use the term for what you just described as is fragmenting, and what I mean by that is is at that moment a chip happened in your reality, and that chip grows into cracks, which grows into caverns, which grows into a lot of different paths forming in front of you that you can take. So fragmenting is important for any practitioner because there is that moment, whether we remember it or not, it happens to every single one of us. Just a lot of people aren't apparent where and when they were, when it happened. You are, I am myself. And, and it's important at that exact moment, I think was the change of your life, whether you realized it or not is when you felt that pain and all of a sudden you got hit and you're like, what the fuck was that? That was the moment yeah. that that crack formed, that, that that little tiny pinhole. And from there, all those other cracks formed, which is a great thing. And I'm so happy to hear that that happened to you. Um, you know, because like I said, a lot of people don't realize when it happened. And that's a shame because that's your birth. You were already here. You were already birthed. But that was your birth um, because that was the start of who you were to become, leaving behind who you were to to become who you were meant to be. Yeah, it was a super strange experience, and it really helped me understand, like, the cues from the universe around me. So it was shortly after that I stumbled upon a documentary about Aleister Crowley, the wickedest man in the world documentary. And um, as I was watching it, I was watching it in the total darkness in my bedroom. My laptop went completely dark, and the screen went black, and then it started emitting this high-pitched screeching sound. Um, like halfway through as I'm watching this thing. And so I was like, okay, clearly that is a sign from something because it was so strange and I had to force the thing to shut down and never did that ever again. Um, so that really like made it stand out to me. I love those moments. Uh, I, I, for some reason, I've always been very prone to be a magnet for ghostly, paranormal and poltergeist activity. And, um, I love those moments where that weird shit happens, where lights are flashing on and off, or like you said, yeah. the computer or the documentary is making crazy squealing sounds and doors open and shut. And I mean, you name it, it's happened to me over the years. And a lot of people are like, I don't know, man, what the, what the hell? And like, most people are afraid of that. They would run in terror. I thrive off that. I mean, that gives me like mental wood by that shit happening. I, every time something like that happens around me. It just knows how much, you know, I know how much more there is to work with out there. And it's an endless sea. When people always mention like, oh, that place is haunted. Yes, it might be. But you know what? You can have those same interactions everywhere. Every place is haunted in that regard if you if you really can learn how to tap into and work with those elements and those spirits. Um, but there are ley lines that make things more active than others. But 
those moments are pivotal um, and in your growth. I mean, most people will run from them. And that's the thing is you mentioned earlier, and I never got to say it is, is when you mentioned about the Hydra and getting its head cut off and turning into six more, the reason that these tests happen, as we talked about those roadblocks earlier is because it tests the absolute number one thing that practitioners have to have in order to make it and become successful. And that thing is will and willpower because if you don't have the willpower to get up early, if you don't have the willpower to put down that alcohol, because yes, it's fun to drink and get sloshed, but you know what? It's funner to be clear-minded and become a god. You know, those things, that's will that causes that. When you feel down in the dumps and you're like, you know what? I'm done. I can't go on anymore. You just lost your willpower, and that means you weren't strong enough to carry on, and you lack the one thing that you need to be a master, and that's will. So that's, you know, whenever you said that you've been in those moments where you just wanted to quit but at the same time you let that door close in life and it opened a brand new one because your will never faded and when your will never fades you turn into what you were meant to be but too many people either shut their own will off or they lack the will that they need and without that exact weapon you will never become you know certainly what you were you're geared up to be um, we have another comment coming in here it says ritual consecration let me try to read this. There we go. Ritual consecration, cleansing, and rebalancing is important. I feel like everyone learns that the hard way. Same thing with insanity and loss of control. Some of us just stay on the path and hit hyperdrive, though. Spirits like it when we go hyperdrive. Ha, ha, ha. And they do. I mean, like you said, you got to go all in. I mean, do you, <laughs> yeah. do you want to work with a guy next to you at work who just fucks off all the time? Or do you want to work with a guy who's busting his ass just like you are? It's nice whenever you have someone that's working as hard as you are because you're like, all right, I respect this guy. He respects me. But whenever they're not, you don't feel the same way. So, yes, it's the same with spirits. If you go in half-assed, they're knowing you're half-assed and that they don't respect you, they're going to give you half-assed results in return. Um, and that's just not my way. I want I want to reach maximum power. And then, like I said earlier, folks, that's why you spend that extra time consecrating things and cleansing and doing exorcisms after rituals, um, depending upon the elements or depending upon the, the spirit you're working with. Because these things all go to the greater good of your working. Um, and it, it's an art. And I, I know that I want to work with clean brushes when I'm painting. I don't want to pull out one that's gunked up from the other night and try to use the same one. No, I'm either going to clean it or I'm going to come at it with a new brush. And that's how everybody should look at it. So, Orly, yeah, absolutely. you uh, recently, I know you mentioned obviously working on the Asmodeus project for Become a Living God on the Gatekeeper series, but most recently, and I think just hit about a week or week and a half ago, the final book of the Nine Demonic Gatekeepers series has dropped, which was Satan the Adversary. Um, and you were yes. one of the contributors on that specific project. Now, obviously, you can't say too much as it's a brand new book and you want people to go out there and, and pick it up. But how was it working on that project and what do you have to say about that? Wow. Well, it definitely was a very exciting climax to the entire saga of working with all these spirits like Satan. Satan definitely delivered. Um through everyone's path workings uh, with, with Satan. And I had some really interesting revelations in the work that I did, especially when it comes to that concept we were talking about before of um, like not accidentally turning 
our fear of like angels into how Christians fear demons and having that same kind of viewpoint and perspective on it, but just from like, you know, the dark side. Um, and so I did some experiments working with, um, both Lucifer and Jesus and wrote about it in the book. So that was really cool. Um, at the same time. (laughs) And, uh, so that was, that was pretty interesting, but, uh, as, as an experiment to see what would happen and really it helped me overcome a lot of polarities that were trapping me in my own power. And that, that's just my own part. Like I don't want to, um, and that's just one small chapter of my part so that it's, I talk about a bunch of other stuff, but, um, just to, you know, reveal a little bit about like what I did in there. I also incorporated a ritual that is to offer your soul to Satan. And, um, I really wanted to create a ritual that would encompass everything that the taboo of selling your soul to Satan would entail. Um, I did this ritual on myself about, six years ago. And in all seriousness, I offered my soul to Satan and to see what would happen. And it worked out really well. It wasn't easy, but I I did it. And it's a very interesting topic that I could go on about. But if people want to understand more about like why I would do that or like why, like, I, I don't think that Satan actually has my soul, but it's the act of devotion and gesture of saying like, I am this devoted. I don't think Satan is like taking my soul from me. And I explain this in like a lot of detail in the book and how you can apply this as basically like the ultimate act of uniting yourself with the force of the adversary when you're pledging them every essence of yourself to become part of them. And so the idea of the ritual is you become part of Satan and the force of the adversary becomes part of you when you do this. And so it is something that I experimented on myself with great success. I also work with Hecate and Lucifer as part of this ritual as well. But um, for the first time I'm releasing it to people. I didn't feel like I was ready to before and I had talked a lot about it, but I felt like now is finally the time to release the actual ritual that I had done. And um, so I'm pretty excited about that and for people to try it out and and see um, their own results from it because it it certainly created an amazing trajectory for me. And I'm so grateful to Satan for everything that um, they have done in my life. And so that's been a huge aspect of it and in my overall personal um, apotheosis and evolution. Now, question for you. I mean, it's very interesting, but uh, after you did the renunciation or after you did the dedication, um, you know, to Satan and, and you had pledged your soul. Now, I like how you worded that because it's the same for me that, you know, and I look at it from two perspectives. When you truly pledge your soul, it's because you are saying, I'm going as far as if this really does happen, I'm willing to give it to you. That is my level of loyalty and dedication. And once you were that vested and showed that much dedication, you cross a barrier that most people that walk the line can't reach. There's a lot of Satanists out there. I actually don't like a lot of Satanists out there because they're not real Satanists, but that's a whole different topic for another story. Um, you have people that pledge deep, but they don't go all the way. 
And then you have people that literally, as you, as myself, as others out there say, whether this is real or not, as far as as, as, as Damon's keeping your soul, that topic, I'm willing to give that to you. That is my level of dedication. Now, as you said, that's really just showing how much vested you are. But after you did that, did you notice, and I'm just curious, within that same day or following day, rather, did you notice a feeling of difference in your life? Did all of a sudden it feel... Like almost in a way, a weight had been lifted off of you. Yes, absolutely. Because I did it myself many, many moons ago, and and it was strange that I literally still felt like me, obviously, but all of a sudden I felt different. That I made a full pledging that this is this is I what I'm willing to offer you for my devotion, um, you know, and to work with you one on one. There is no doubt. There is no questioning it that I am truly a devout practitioner and follower of Satan and of of the satanic rites and within a day's time I literally felt different in essence and and this is I've already called you know a different spirits and worked with them all these things that happened at this point but when I truly made this full-blown devotion I can't explain the difference, and I'm just curious if someone else has done it. You know, if, if all of a sudden it just felt like something was something changed, something in the atmosphere all of a sudden was no longer the same. I definitely noticed that it really helped my own personal trajectory toward not putting up with bullshit anymore. I think it was a big part of it, and just really like focusing myself on what I needed to do and what. I really wanted to do that I had not done in my life. And it made me really realize that I didn't have to put up with situations that were not ultimately in my best interest that I was just, you know, going through because it was the easier thing to do. Um, And so that was a huge aspect of it. And then just like with working with the other forces of the demonic empire, things came to light that made it, impossible for things to even stay in that state and it changed my life forever because this is stuff that like I needed to know that was being hidden for me that affected me like very much so and so that happened like so quickly after that and it really just changed everything it does it's it's phenomenal I mean it literally is like a gust of wind blowing you. I, I like going back to that analogy, but it's like a gust of wind blowing you all of a sudden a different direction yeah. than you were going in because you're still you. Nothing's changed in that regard, but then the wind switches you a different direction and maybe you take a left today instead of a right and then that left leads you exactly into something. And that's really what this working is, folks, is you walk out of that building and you go right every single day, but you worked with a spirit recently and all of a sudden next day you walk out of that building and you say, I'm taking a left today. I don't know why I am, but I'm going to do it. And all of a sudden, for some reason, whatever happened whenever you took that left and walked that direction, an interaction that took place changes your life forever. And it's because it was meant to happen and all it needed was that push to go the other direction. And that's really how I kind of sum up working with these entities is they will just change one small facet around you to change absolutely everything. 
whether it's something that seems like a good one right from the gate or it's something it's a roadblock, as we said, it will be put in your place to change how you maneuver and change your life. Or it'll stop you dead in your tracks so that you don't maneuver because you either do not have the will to get there or you're not ready for it or you shouldn't be walking this path. Uh, everyone has the capability of becoming something more or you know, as Orly's team will say, become a living God. As Frederick Nietzsche said, you know, become a living God. It, it, everyone has that power, but not everyone and most will never reach it. It's all about your willpower and what you're willing to do to get there. Now, real quick before we wrap up for the night, Zach had asked a question here, one of our listeners, and uh, we, you kind of answered it and you did answer it earlier. It says, has Orly done the path working with all nine gatekeepers? If she has and can talk about it, I find the whole path working interesting. Well, Zach, we actually talked about that earlier. Orly has, and uh, we talked a little bit in depth about that. Now she just kind of recapped. She has, and it has changed her life in a lot of ways. So if you're listening out there and you missed the episode, don't fret. You can always jump back to the beginning once we're done and it's no longer live and you can download it to your device for on the go you can stream it again um, you can use it anywhere you want on any platform you want so make sure you don't miss it before we finish up tonight as we are running out of time and as I told you Orly it always goes so quick um, but thank you once again for coming yeah. on the show if you could do two oh, things thank you for so me. much oh absolutely if you could do two things for me I want you to tell us about any other things that you want us to know about coming up as far as projects things that you're working on right now and then who you would like to thank and then We'll go ahead and close out for the evening. Sure, absolutely. So um, right now we have just opened the pre-order for the Compendium of Satan. So people should please check that out on becomelivinggod.com slash Satan. And all the different kinds of magic stuff that I do is on there. I really like to help people, to help people learn about magic. I also teach people about summoning demons and working with the tarot. I have different classes that are available on that website as well. Um, so people can check out all that awesome stuff there. And right now I'm working on a lot of cool stuff for my YouTube channel. So if people could please um, subscribe to my YouTube channel, it's just my name, Orly Stewart. And I put out multiple videos every week on demonic magic, spirit lovers, and other kinds of witchcraft related content. So, um, and I'm always really interested in hearing people's experiences. So you can always like leave a comment and let me know. And that would be totally awesome. Um, I also have a tarot course. That's a tarot magic course that I just put out a few days ago. And that's also on becomealivinggod.com slash Orly Stewart. And I put this whole course together to help people learn how to master reading the tarot and their psychic abilities with it, and also how to use that in their own rituals and ceremonial magic. That's fascinating. You heard it, folks. I mean, there's a lot to be offered um, you know, from Orly herself as far as different workings and things she can teach you. Her videos bring with them a lot of knowledge. She does it and does it right. I've watched several of her videos, and I love the way she explains to her listeners and fans out there the different workings she does, the different workings you can do, background on things that maybe you're a little hazy on. And then in addition to that, obviously, there's all the different workings that she can do for you. So certainly hire her for different things as far as her courses, her tarot readings. You can't go wrong with it. I support her. I support what she's doing, and I can't wait to see what she brings in the near future. And uh, other than that, is there anybody specific you'd like to thank? 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, I definitely want to thank Rev Yuri M for being such an amazing partner and I love them so much. They're such a great, tremendous help in my magic. We do magic together all the time and they've been helping write some really sick beats for my YouTube videos recently. So people should definitely check that out and check out their channel as well. Like you got to talk to them soon sometime because they are interested in some very interesting stuff with Santa Morte and the spirits of the dead, um, which has become a huge part of my practice. And I just want to thank my teachers and I want to thank my friends at Become a Living God for supporting all the work that I do. I love you guys so much. And to also all of my real life friends that help um, give me normal people perspective on all the strange things that I experience. And thank you so much, Frater, as well, for having me on the show today. I really appreciate it. Oh, absolutely. It was a pleasure um, you know, to have you on and get to talk with you and hang out with you. I certainly have to have you back down the road. Um, back on down the road. Excuse me, I can't talk this evening. Um, but if you are listening out there, like I said, if you missed anything, jump back to the beginning and listen after we finish up for the night. Make sure to not only listen to this episode, but jump through our archives and listen to our past episodes. As I said, Will Martal, John Vermillion, and J.S. Garrett are our last three episodes. We have a lot of great episodes coming up next week on the 14th. We are bringing on Elric Ragasi, and I always feel like I'm saying his last name wrong, so if I am, I apologize, brother. But he is, um, you know, someone I've got to talk with quite a bit over the last year, and I really like his, uh, you know, group that he has, which is the Order of Defiant Darkness. They have a lot of great posts. They they network a lot with people in the underground occult, so make sure you check that out. The following week on the 21st, we're bringing on Bonnie Woodruff. Um, I look really forward to talking to her as well. And then we will have a week off at the end of January, after that, we got a Serial Crabbit, we have Inferno Oblisk, and we have Maximus Tyrannius Avery. Um, so we have a hell of a lineup of guests coming up. Make sure you listen and tune. Click the like, share, and follow button. If you have anything you want to hear us do that we're not doing, anything you would like to hear us do differently, suggestions, ideas, want to let me know you love the show or you hate it, either way, message me at celestialoddities at gmail.com. Again, that's celestialoddities at gmail.com or or message us on the Facebook page at Knights of the Nephilim. If you do love the show, go leave us a review. It helps us find a lot more people and uh, certainly helps people take us seriously. I think we bring something a little bit unique in the occult, and I want to continue to make this grow bigger and bigger. So if you can help out, I'd appreciate it. And you can also reach me on that page as well. Other than that, I want to thank all of you for tuning in tonight. Orly, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show, and we'll catch you all next time here on Knights of the Nephilim. And before I go, Tasa Remelera Satan, Ave Satanus. We'll see you next time, guys. Take care. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper, a woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver? I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring 
a laundry? Oh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.